Hi everyone, I'm Greg Lambert, and this is the In Seclusion podcast miniseries. Today's guest has seen many downturns in the economy and legal industry before, but thinks that it's the ability for us to keep our stories alive on how we handled downturns in the past that has helped us navigate this particular situation. And through a bit of planning and a little bit of luck, he finds this company accidentally ready for this pandemic. Well, Justin, thank you very much for taking the time at the end of your day to, to talk with me. You're more than welcome. Justin North is the founder of Janderstein International and the founder of the APAC Legal Innovation Index and JD Horizon Series. As you look back on when the pandemic was really taking effect, what were you doing to get your staff and your operations to working remotely? And, and if you don't mind, just a, a quick uh, overview of what Janderstein uh, does. Sure. Well, Janice Dean, to start with, I mean, we're, we're a legal management consultancy company and, you know, we're, we're focused on, on working in the ecosystem, large private practice law firms and, and, and large corporate legal functions around the world. And essentially, ironically, we, we sort of help folks get ready uh, for the future and, and, and to help them sort of differentiate, help them work on efficiency programs and transformation programs that, that look at different people and, and um, you know, different ways of working. When I think, you know, if, if addressing your, your question about how, how we were ready as a business, as our own business, mm-hmm. I think it's a great question, right? We, we were, we've looked back on this in the last few weeks and we were in really, really fortunate that we were accidentally ready, I guess is the best, yeah. the best term for it, right? Um, we, were, we were ready for a lockdown and, and, you know, we're ready for a sort of economic downturn as well, thankfully. I mean, we'd, we'd already decided in November of 2019 that 2020 would be a, a fallow year for these major conference client events that we run, the JD Horizon series out of London and, and out of Sydney. And so we were already not distracted, if you like, mm. by events planning and, and, and those things. So, you know, we had no no refunds to make, no insurance claims to chase and, and, and sort of no one to disappoint in that respect, right? That's good. Uh, that's, that's really lucky then. Yeah. And look, I, I feel for all the people that, you know, Gregor, who are in, you know, your, your, your world and my world, man, who, who are running those events and do a cracking job and, and are really trying hard at the moment to pivot in, into an online environment because uh, it's tough, right, to, right, to have one of those. I mean, we'd already sort of started offboarding a couple of practice areas that, that we didn't think fit into our longer-term strategy as well. And again, we were just fortunate that that was happening over the December-January period. And so we you know, hit February in a place accidentally where sort of financially and culturally we were in a good place. You know, we had the clients that we wanted, we had the people that we wanted, and, and we felt like we were buffered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to sort of the logistics and the infrastructure around that, you know, we, we're, we're fortunate. We've got a flexible team that's, that's, you know, spread across the world. We've got folks in Australia. We've got, um, you know, folks in the UK uh, and folks in Europe as well. And, you know, we're used to being on client site. We have that infrastructure behind us to be flexible. We obviously have a dedicated headquarters in, in, in London, in Shoreditch. But it was easy just to, you know, steal the toilet paper, lock the doors and, and you know, and, and send everyone back to their respective sort of locations. Yeah. I, I had to laugh because I had friends in Australia and they were like a week, maybe 10 days ahead of us here in the U.S. 
And so when when I saw them start talking about you know being a run on toilet paper, I was like, hey, we better run to the store and get some toilet paper. <laughs> we we actually we actually put a, a a joke poster in the window of the London office, you know, facing outwards, saying that there's sort of no valuables, no toilet paper uh, <laughs> kept on site, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's the thing, you know, there's a lot of our clients as well, a lot of the major law firms uh, in the UK, their city offices, they've just really had to lock the door and, and, uh, and walk away from it. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, a, re- a really ghosty kind of experience at the moment. Yeah. So over the past couple of months, what, what have been some of the things that have been very successful for you and, and some of the things that have been a challenge and maybe, and maybe even that you've seen on your client side as, yeah. as challenges as well? Look, challenges for us happened started happening in February. Just in in with those logistics. In all seriousness, we had we had a team member stuck in Paris who who was sort of on one of the last Eurostars out. We had uh, a team member you know stuck in Amsterdam. Uh, we had a team member stuck in transit between London and 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 Sydney. And so, um, just making sure that all those folks were were taken care of was the biggest challenge. Right, making sure that everyone got back to where they needed to be because every country had different quarantine rules at that stage. Yeah. Uh, as you were re-entering the country, we had people quarantining in states that they didn't live in as they arrived back. So we're making sure that we did everything possible for, for sort of the staff of Janus Dean and the friends of Janus Dean was, was probably the most important thing for us and the biggest challenge uh, because it's, it's like anything, you know, in these situations, you, you pretty much drop all your billable client work and everyone is okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to do what you can in those first few days and weeks to make sure everyone's everyone's safe and with their family. So, I mean, that was that was our biggest challenge, particularly when we operate across so many time zones, right? So, the leadership of the firm was just again making sure you were working throughout the night to make sure someone was on Australian time zone, checking that the Australians were okay. Mm-hmm. Look, and practically like moving forward from that, once once everyone was safe in in whichever location they decided to to you know decided to quarantine themselves in, I think. You know, challenges have been video calls, right? And simply because, you know, what we classify here in the UK as having the flat ass syndrome, right? We, we, uh, we seem to be on more calls uh, than yeah. ever before, a demand for video, you know, more than ever. And I think everyone's, you know, really quickly got fatigue uh, yeah. of that, you know. And, and I think another, another challenge for us has just been sort of trying to deal with, you know, watching all the sort of pandemic pivots that happen alongside us. You know, there's plenty of folks who are trying to sell services and products uh, rather than sort of being genuine and, and um, you know, just taking care of their, their friends and clients. There's, there's a lot of pivots going on and, and, and we're getting inundated on that. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Successes, you know, successes, I guess there's, there's, you know, we've won work that we weren't expecting. Um, you know, we've been through a couple of these downturns before, whether they've been the sort of you know, living through a dot-com bubble, bursting when we were when we were younger to to a couple of the banking crises. You know, Janice Dean's sort of been through some of these before, but we weren't expecting some of the work that we got. And a lot of it is not necessarily, doesn't sound pleasant to begin with. You know, we're looking at staff numbers, headcount numbers, survival of firm um, aspects. But when we put our creative spin on it and, and turn it into a, well, what do you need from a capability standpoint, you know, let's talk about reinventing roles rather than just looking at headcount reduction. Right. That's kind of been successful and, and, and been, been a, a kind of nice, nice ride for us. Are you seeing that globally that uh, more of your, your clients, uh, I mean, in 2008, 2009, it was, okay, let's, let's 
cut head count. This time seems different in that it's been more, well, let's cut salaries. Let's, yeah. you know, let's keep people on board. Are you seeing that globally? Yeah, I am. I think, you know, one of the really great things about the legal industry is that, and and you'll love this from your knowledge management uh, discipline, right, is that we, we kind of, from a storytelling perspective, we tell stories and we keep knowledge alive about what happens in a downturn, right? And so I think from the 2008, 2009, there were some firms who did some really cool things around cutting salaries rather than cutting heads, cutting days of, uh, that you work down, uh, asking people to take holiday, offering sabbaticals, paying, um, you know, summer grads and, and, and vacation grads who had already got a job, you, you know, paying them to defer you know, all these really, truly, at that stage, were innovative, right? right. Uh, because not, not a lot of firms were doing them. And now the industry as a whole is saying, actually, that worked. That, that, that works to take a four-day week. That works to offer sabbaticals. It works, uh, you know, to, to cut pay rather than, than cut resources. And I think they've learned a lesson from that. And, and even deviating, you know, high-quality attorneys in, into other areas around, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge curation and, and creation and, you know, working on now process enhancements. If you're busy with billable work, that's great. If you can sell, that's fantastic too. But there's always something, you know, to do. I think, however, there are going to be elements of the industry that change and that will be, you know, not recognisable in the future, Mm. you know, around some of the support functions. Yeah. Uh, Are are you guys looking at, uh, we were joking, I was joking with you before we uh, jumped on the, the call that, you know, I'm in Texas and, and we're just gung-ho about reopening everything. Yeah. What, what are you seeing in your areas uh, as far as the demand for to get people back into offices? I know we're still working, but we're, you know, it's different. What are you seeing as far as getting people back into the offices? Well, I think there's a couple of things to consider there. I mean, first, first and foremost is that there's a lot of people who want to get back. Uh, and not just management asking people to get back. There's a, and again, not because everyone's um, you know sick of the four walls or, or sick of their partners or, or sick of their children. Uh, there are a lot of people who want to get back. They, there's a lot of people who thrive on the interaction and creativity and, and collaboration that happens when we're face to face. We may be two meters apart, socially distanced, but we're still face to face. And so there's a lot. I think a lot of it is going to mirror what our clients do. Uh, so, so what a law firm's clients will do. If we see some large financial institutions not go back until September or, or, or beyond, then I think a lot of firms will, will do that. Um, a lot of it is going to be government guideline driven. So over here in the UK, for example, um, the government is, is, you know, will insist on, on social distancing in the workplace, which means all of a sudden we can't have lawyers sharing offices. You know, we can't have a partner and an associate sharing an office or two associates or you know, the secretarial bay is outside and, you know, in the middle of the circle are going to look very different. And yeah. so, you know, there's a lot of people that w- were prepping for the pandemic and, and prepping for, you know, for, for a lockdown by getting their A and B team or blue and red team or team one and team two ready. And I think we'll see a lot of that. It also is going to really depend on the infrastructure of the city that the firm's office is in. I mean, here in London, again, you know, the, it'll be very difficult to move that many millions of people into into the city of London in a semi-lockdown environment. And so here I think um, no one's going back in, in earnest until September. And even then I think it's a alt-control-delete almost on 2020. And I think um, a lot of people will, uh, you know, they'll go into the office one or two days and they'll be okay with that and the rest of the time will be home working. 
I think you've kind of wove this through the story that you've been telling, but what, what do you see as some of the long-term changes that are going to be sustained in the industry um, once we come out of this pandemic? Yeah. Look, I mean, we all know that, you know, the flexible working, the agile working, the working from home, you know, it's proven it's benefited, right? I mean, not just the tech, but also we've been forced into a level of trust. We've, we work with a number of firms over the years um, where, the, where we speak to the partnership board about, you know, flexible working and we'll always get some partners who, who have a trust issue. You know, I'm not 100% sure whether Jack or Jill are actually working when they said they're working from home and I need to be able to see them and I need to be able to walk past their office and, and, and see their light on and, and see their, their screensaver not on. And, you know, we've been forced into a position of trust in that respect. And so I, I, I think the biggest changes really are going to be in, in some of the areas of support. You know, we're going to move away from, and look, we've already moved away from this, this scenario of, you know, secretarial sort of PA roles that are more akin to a madman episode. We're, we're going to see that leverage increase. And I think we'll see the PA and secretarial role of which in some of the large firms, there are hundreds and hundreds around the world. Yeah. I think we're going to see them transition into more of a paraprofessional uh, role. And, and I think that that transition will happen rapidly. Uh, I think they'll move into almost a billable role in some, in some respects uh, where they're doing more of the matter management uh, aspects and more of the, the project management than, than others might be comfortable with initially pre pre pandemic, if we'd suggested that these types of roles uh, were doing that. But, you know, people have gotten used to this level of self-sufficiency now. And I think uh, an increase in self-sufficiency over this period and also a decrease in, in, in some poor behaviours and, and, and attitudes around um, entitlement, mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll all reposition what support looks like in a profitable firm. Well, Justin, I appreciate you taking some time to, to talk with me. I'll, I'll let you go open that bottle of wine now. Man, it's been a pleasure, buddy. <laughs> all right. Stay safe, my friend. Thanks, man. Thanks again to Justin North for joining me. Remember, we may all be in seclusion, but we're in this together. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at @glambert. In Seclusion is produced by Janice Anderson. The music is from Jerry David DeSicca. I'll see you on Tuesday after the holiday. <laughs>